as you instill this in your kids and they see this as the norm, such a gift, such a gift to give your kids so that they don't have to make the mistakes maybe you as the parent made. And if you have made mistakes as a parent, I always encourage you to, you still have the right to teach your kids about money. You don't lose your voice because you weren't perfect with money. Your kids are a clean slate. You know, they are your do-over. And so help them avoid money mistakes, show them how to avoid money mistakes, and they will be forever grateful. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is James Kinson from CashCarConvert.com. Hey, James. Hey, Jared. We are fortunate today to speak with Rachel Cruz. Rachel is the co-author of the new book, Smart Money, Smart Kids, which equips parents to teach their children how to win with money. Rachel travels the country, speaking to audiences large and small. She encourages others to put themselves in a position to win with money and for parents to teach their kids along the way. Oh, yeah. Rachel also works for the Lampo Group. Rachel, it is an honor to speak with you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jared. Thanks, James. Thanks, you guys, for having me on. Awesome. So one of the questions we like to ask everybody on the show, Rachel, is what is the best concert that you have ever been to? Oh, the best concert I've ever been to. Oh, gosh. It's a little embarrassing, but I'm going to say it because I am a girl and I love her. I would say Celine Dion in Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) My husband would not agree with that, but good old Celine Dion. Yeah, I saw her last year with my husband. He surprised me with tickets. He's a selfless soul, if you will. So he sat through it with me. But yeah, it was fun. Well, I've heard that's a great performance. Yes, it was. She was great. And Rachel, when you want it the most, there's no easy way That's out. exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> All right, we're going to roll into blank versus blank. We'll give you two options, and if you'd be willing just to give one answer and maybe a short reason why. And James, would you kick us off? I will do. All right, Rachel, when it comes to teaching your kids, caught versus taught. I would definitely say caught. Your kids are watching you. Actions speak louder than words, especially when you're teaching your kids about money, so they will catch more than what you're telling them. Hmm. Let's do money for kids. Allowance versus commission. (gasps) Commission. Ding, ding. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I tell parents, this is how I grew up. But yeah, never given an allowance. I was always on commission. So you work, you get paid. You don't work, you don't get paid. So your kids can associate that work comes from money or money comes from work. Money does not come from mom and dad's back pocket. Perfect. All right. Okay, next we're going to go into student loans. Student problem versus parenting problem. This is probably tough. Dave, my dad would say parenting problem, and I think I would say both, but maybe more of the parents. I mean, student loans are a huge issue today, and I think a lot of parents kind of just say, okay, whatever you feel like, 18-year-old, you make this decision, and they end up making literally tens of thousands or sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars in the hole, make huge mistakes with their money because the parent didn't step in and help. So yeah, I would say a little bit of both, probably giving the parents a little bit more of a hard time, so a little bit more of a parenting problem. So Rachel, on that, I want to follow up. How did your parents handle that with you? What kind of options were you given about college? Sure. Well, mom and dad live out what they preach. So they actually had the money to send us to school. But the rules were we had to take in-state tuition and we had to graduate in four years. And anything beyond four years we had to pay for. And if we wanted to go to a different school besides an in-state school, we had to pay for the difference. So I was kind of the rebel of the family and we live in Nashville. And so I was like, well, I think I'm going to go to Auburn University. 
<laughs> and dad was like, well, that's fine. You know, you need to look up the tuition and I'll, you pay the difference. I'll still pay in state, the in state rate. And so when I looked, I saw, oh, wow, it's three times to step over the state <laughs> line. I was like, I'll be a volunteer. So I'll go to the University of Tennessee, go balls. And so, yeah, very fortunate for that. That's definitely a gift. But I'll just add on to that, you know, for parents, it's not an entitlement. College is not an entitlement for your kids. You do not need to feel shame or guilt if you're not able to help them. But if you are, it is a blessing, but it's not a right for them to go to school and you pay for it. Sure. Hey, Rachel, another follow-up to that. Do you think that college is a good investment? There's been a lot of research and a lot of debate around this topic recently, I think, as student loans have become such an issue and students aren't feeling like they're getting the investment, if you will, that they're not making what they thought they would make because of a college degree. So, I mean, overall, I still am a proponent for college. I think that you learn a lot while in college. I think from 18 to 21 years old, you know, you're learning how to work with professors that you don't enjoy. You're learning to work in groups. I mean, you're learning to do a lot of things besides just the knowledge in the books, if you will. So I think there's a lot of good life experience that happens that's to be gained. And so, and I think it makes you competitive in the marketplace when you have a college degree. But I don't go as far as to say, you know, that the school you go to, that it matters. You need to go to an Ivy League school. You know, I don't believe in any of that. But again, on the flip side, I know some people that never went to college and they're doing really well because they understand work and they work really hard and they make a great income. So I'm kind of a little bit, I don't know, 50-50 on it. But for the most part, I would lean a little bit more college. Sure. The next blank versus blank, what's better for students working in college versus not working in college? I would say either. Sorry, I'm not doing the blank and blank game very well. <laughs> I think both. I think if, if a student has to work through school financially to support themselves, then that needs to be an option. But if a parent is able to take care of a college tuition or even expenses, and they feel like their child has the foundation of a work ethic, and they don't require them to work, I don't think that's a bad thing. Because honestly, that was my story. I mean, mom and dad gave us the option to work in college. And so my little brother worked, I was involved in a ministry that took up to almost 20 hours a week. I mean, super busy with that. And so I asked dad just the other night, I'm like, why did you not make us work in college? Because they were crazy on us working, you know, since we were kids. I mean, and all the way through high school, we had to have jobs. And then when we went to college, they kind of let their foot off the pedal on that. And dad basically was like, well, you know, there was a point where we knew that you guys knew how to work. If we were worried about that, we would still make you work to instill that in you. But at that point, you knew it. You were in college and getting grades was kind of your job in a sense. So I don't feel like I turned out bad because I didn't work in college, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I'd say both. Hmm. All right, Rachel, All right. one more blank versus blank. And this one's actually going to be a triple blank. What's more fun, spending versus saving versus giving? I personally would say giving, then spending, then saving. <laughs> My own personal right. Yeah, I think giving, it sounds cliche, but it's so true. It really is the most fun you can have with money. Giving is incredible. And that's something I so want parents to help their kids experience. I think giving is the antidote to selfishness. And selfishness and discontentment and entitlement is kind of rampant in this generation. And I think a lot of that is fixed by giving and living with an open hand, living selflessly. And then everyone's either naturally a spender or a saver. And I'm actually naturally a spender. I enjoy spending money. I'm a lot better at it than I am saving money. And I've always been like that. I've had to learn to save money, obviously, to be responsible. But I enjoy spending money. So my husband would be the opposite. He would say probably give, save, then spend. But I would definitely say give, spend, save. 
Rachel, most people who are listening to this are going to know about you and your family. And we're curious, do you ever struggle with staying on a budget now? It's been so ingrained in me, I think. I mean, my husband and I, we've been married just over four years, and we've done a budget every month together for four years. So it's almost a habit. We don't really think twice about doing it. But sometimes it's hard. I mean, we still have to say no to ourselves. I think some people find it shocking that, you know, they think I'm Dave Ramsey's kid. And sometimes people think, oh, you're just given everything. And your dad probably sends you like secret checks in the mail or something like that, which obviously is not the case by any means. And so my husband and I, I mean, we're just like any other, you know, mid-20s couple who's doing life and working hard and trying to fund retirement and do all of that. So there are a lot of times that once a night we have to say no because it's just not in the budget. So that's tough and it's more tough for me. I think I probably argue with him more on that, which is so funny because I'm like the money person of the relationship because I speak on it all the time, but I struggle with it more than he would. Interesting, okay. Well, the next question I had is I was wanting to know how you got the money for your first car. And uh, I know it sounds like you worked a lot growing up, but how'd you get that first car? I did. Yeah. One of my famous Dave Ramsey kid stories is that mom and dad were not going to pay for a car when we turned 16, that whatever money we saved, they would match it. And so dad liked to call that his 401 Dave plan. <laughs> and so we started saving for that. I think when each of us turned around 10 years old, we would put a little bit of our commission money away to save for this car. And I could have put more money away, but I spent, obviously, because I'm a spender, I spent more than I should have. And so I remember being 13 when my sister turned 16 and watching my parents follow through with 401 Dave and that it was real and they really were going to match what we had saved. And at that point, I had enough money for a bike. When I turned 16, that's about it. So yeah, I went crazy. This spender turned into a saver for sure. So I babysat all the time. Weekends, I would actually travel with dad to his events and I would work the back book tables. And I made a deal with him where he would give me a little bit of a cut of whatever I sold personally at the table. So nice. I was forming lines. I, you know, had a megaphone basically at one point, you know, forming all these lines at these events to sell product. And my sister and I started a business, a snack business at dad's office building. He had a few break rooms. So we called it your integrity snacks. And so there were snacks on the counter and drinks in the refrigerator and people had to pay for those snacks. And so we made money that way. I did anything I could think of. Seriously. I mean, I got jobs over Christmas break at the mall. I mean, I did anything I could. And so all of that wrapped together, I had saved a total of $8,000 when I turned 16. So I got a $16,000 car paid for with cash. And that's an incredible thing and something I would encourage parents to look into. Maybe you can't financially afford to do a match for your kids. But just in general, having your kids save for something because they're making a goal you know, with their money. There's something they're working towards. They're delaying gratification. They're having to have patience. There's a lot of great character attributes that are formed when you have to save money. Rachel, what did your parents do to ensure you would have a good work ethic? And then what advice do you have for parents with young children who want to do that? Sure. Well, I would say almost forcing your kids to work, which kind of sounds harsh, I think. But I tell parents, I'm like, you teach your kids to bathe and to brush their teeth and to study for tests. I mean, you know, you make them do these things because you want them to be a successful adult. You don't want, you know, an adult whose teeth is falling out of their head and they're flunking out of middle school. I mean, you want, you know successful kids. And so part of that, part of growing up into a successful adult is just knowing how to work. And so we did something basic growing up that I tell parents a lot is we had a commission worksheet, a chore chart basically on our refrigerator. And so 
as kids, as young as four years old, we had jobs that we had to do. And it's age appropriate, obviously. You're not opening up a small boot camp or something for kids. I mean, this is age appropriate. <laughs> we had chores that were listed on the refrigerator and every time we did it, we would check it off. And if we didn't do a chore throughout the week, then we didn't get paid. And so we had a payday once a week. And for us, it was Sunday nights. And we had basically five chores we had to do and we got a dollar per chore. And so that was it. So it was really basic. I mean, mom and dad talk about how they forgot a lot of Sunday nights to do payday, you know, so there was a lot of grace involved. You don't have to be a perfect parent with it. But we were just expected to work and to help around the house. And there were some things we had to do because we were part of the family, but they definitely took the opportunity to let us associate this idea with work and money. Right. There's a story I heard and there were circumstances that landed you in a bank branch manager's office at the age of 15. <laughs> Can you tell us about that and what you learned from that? Oh, yes. Well, we were, when you turn 15 in the Ramsey family, you get your own checking account. And so mom and dad would deposit basically a lump sum of money on the first of each month that they would have paid us anyway. So, you know, this is money for whether it's gas, clothes, insurance, school fees, whatever it is, they put that amount of money in the bank. So we were in charge of budgeting that money and kind of paying for our life, if you will. If we wanted more money, we had to go get a job, that kind of thing. But I had my account for I think it was about three or four months and I got a letter from the bank and the letter was informing me that I had bounced three checks, which is not good as Dave Ramsey's kid bouncing checks. That's never a good thing. And yeah, dad made me go down to the bank and in person apologize to the bank branch manager for lying to him because <laughs> I told him I had money in his bank to spend and I didn't. And that was a lie. And so I lied. And at 15, of course, I was like, what? You want me to do what? And we were pretty old school in our house. So what the parents said, the kids had to do. And so I didn't have a choice. And yeah, so I had to go apologize to the branch manager for lying to him. <laughs> Man, I can't imagine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was an experience. So the lesson I learned, though, is I haven't bounced a check since. So I have always made sure that I have money in my account before I write a check or swipe a debit card. That's for sure. Oh, good lesson. Okay, so something that was more rewarding. Let's talk about what did you learn from taking two girls from Mercy Ministries shopping? Yes, this was one of my favorite giving stories. My sister, who's two years older than me, two and a half years, and one Saturday morning, my mom basically gave us the task to go pick up these two teenage girls. And Mercy Ministries is a ministry here in Nashville. They have a few homes around the country, but it's basically a home for girls who struggle with everything from abuse or an eating disorder or they're pregnant, anything like that that's going on. They come to this home to basically get counseling and heal for a significant period of time. So there were two girls there that mom called ahead and asked about. And so Denise and I drove down and picked them up and mom gave us an envelope of cash. And so our task was to take them shopping, to go and you know help them buy new clothes and just kind of spend the afternoon with them. And so I'd like to say my sister and I were angelic teenage girls and we're like, sure, mother, it's, we would love to do that on a Saturday afternoon. But we weren't. I think we complained. I think we had plans that we had to cancel. We weren't very happy with her, but she made us do it. And I'm so thankful she did because going with those girls I mean, it was incredible. I mean, they were just normal teenage girls. And I remember thinking I could be friends with them. I mean, but what they were going through was obviously horrible. But we went to the mall and just kind of had a normal teenage girl Saturday. And so we bought them all new clothes and it was so fun. And, and we came home and I remember we dropped them back off and my sister and I went home. And I remember my mom asked me, she said, Rachel, 
did you have more fun with those girls today at the mall or more fun with your friends at the mall last weekend? And at 14, I didn't even think twice. I was like, oh my gosh, today, mom, it was so fun. I remember telling her one girl cried at the register as we were buying these new clothes because she hadn't been shopping in over two years and how thankful she was. And so that was a moment where I realized for parents, you know, you can find things that your kids or your teenagers love to do and find opportunities for them to give. And that was my mom. I mean, her teenage girls love to shop. And so she paired that with an opportunity to give. And it was incredible. I mean, that memory is ingrained in my mind. It's just such a great way that mom and dad illustrated this idea of giving. That's really good. Rachel, you know, one of the things that I hear all the time from people is that they wish they had learned to handle money at an earlier age. And I know you're spending a lot of time working with people on college campuses. How do you think that's going to have a long-term impact on this current generation as they come up? I think it's going to be huge. People tell me all the time, just like what you said, I wish I had known this 20 years ago. And so with this book coming out, my dad and I wrote Smart Money, Smart Kids. That's it. I mean, it's really giving parents the tools to teach their kids how to handle money. And it's such a powerful thing because when they have that foundation and they're able to step out on their own, I mean, I believe it could be a generation that understands work ethic, that understands that they have to take care of themselves, that kids that are content, that are grateful, that are not entitled, that have patience. I mean, there's so many attributes when it comes to money that if you just instill them in your kids, it's amazing the success they can have just as adults. And so it's an exciting feeling to think, you know, obviously not every parent is going to do that in America. So not every single child will listen to their parents either. But But for the most part, as you instill this in your kids and they see this as the norm, such a gift, such a gift to give your kids so that they don't have to make the mistakes maybe you as the parent made. And if you have made mistakes as a parent, I always encourage you to, you still have the right to teach your kids about money. You don't lose your voice because you weren't perfect with money. Your kids are a clean slate. You know, they are your do-over. And so help them avoid money mistakes, show them how to avoid money mistakes, and they will be forever grateful. Rachel, what is the number one thing you would recommend parents do to raise money smart kids? I think parents just need to be intentional. Teaching your kids how to handle money when you're raising them in that environment. I think some parents are intimidated by that. I think that they maybe are shameful of their own circumstances, but it doesn't have to be any of that. I mean, all you have to do is be intentional with everyday moments, everyday teachable moments, And that's huge. I mean, like we said at the beginning with that game is that more is caught than taught. And so not only are you being intentional with teaching your kids about money, but being intentional with your own actions because they are watching you. They're going to pick up on what you do with money. And so I think those two things are important. It's kind of under the umbrella of just being intentional. Mm -hmm. Rachel, who is doing something that interests you? In the world? Gosh, a lot of people. There's some really, (laughs) I mean, incredible things that are going on. No one specifically is coming to mind. I mean, I've been at a few conferences recently and just seeing even the social justice that's happening within my generation. I mean, we are a generation that is concerned with people all over the world and the giving that's going into that and the foundations that are coming out of that. I mean, I think that this is really a generation that's going to have a stamp on the world. I think we're not always good at handling money sometimes, but I think our hearts are more apt to give and to serve than there's ever been, really. Rachel, what is the best place for the listeners to pick up their copy of your new book, Smart Money, Smart Kids, and stay connected with everything that you're doing online? 
Yeah, I'm on every social network. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you can just look at Rachel Cruz and that's Cruz, C-R-U-Z-E. And for the book, you can go to any major bookstore, Barnes and Noble, Books A Million, Amazon, order it there. Or you can go to rachelcruz.com or go to the book's website, which is smartmoneysmartkids.com. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners, Rachel? You know, I would, if you are a parent listening to this, I would just encourage you one last time. I don't want you to look back on your own mistakes and think that maybe you're not equipped to do this. You are. As a parent, you have such an influence in your child's life. And I don't want you to miss this one area of life, which is money, because I think that this is such a foundation, such a building block for them to win, not only financially, but I think just as an adult, being able to have the dignity to go out on your own and work and pay your bills, have a family and do all of that without money being a stress point for you is a gift that you can help and you can teach your kids that. Rachel, James and I really appreciate your time. Best wishes to you and your family and your book launch. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rachel. All you have to do is be intentional with everyday moments, everyday teachable moments. And that's huge. I mean, like we said at the beginning with that game is that more is caught than taught. And so not only are you being intentional with teaching your kids about money, but being intentional with your own actions because they are watching you.